Motherboard is brought to you this week by GitHub. GitHub is the best way to build software together. Whether it's your company's app, your favorite open source library, or a weekend side project, GitHub helps everyone work better by providing tools for easier collaboration and code sharing on any device. Start collaborating today. Open source project hosting is free. This is episode 11 of Motherboard. I'm Catherine Rotundo, and today's guest is Rebecca Murphy. Rebecca is a JavaScript application developer and a frequent speaker on the topic of code organization and best practices at events around the world. She authored the learning site jQuery Fundamentals, contributed to the jQuery cookbook from O'Reilly Media, and created the Texas JavaScript Conference. She was instrumental in getting deferreds and promises introduced to jQuery 1.5, created the JS assessment tool for assessing a developer's JavaScript skills, and contributed key modules to the Johnny 5 library for using JavaScript to interact with Arduinos. Rebecca is currently a staff software engineer at Bizarre Voice and has a 16-month-old boy. Hi, Rebecca. How are you? Hello. I'm good. How are you? Good. Um, I'm tired. <laughs> it's a very end of my day. It's almost midnight here. So um, I had no idea that you weren't <laughs> anywhere near my time zone. So this is thank you for letting me do this in the afternoon. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. Uh, yeah, someday I'll move to to a saner time uh, zone. Someday but... I'll move to Germany so we can. Okay. <laughs> uh, you can have this charming little town if you want it. I'm kind of done with it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, so what are you up to? Are, are you in the middle of your work day? My work day is over. Um, it was a very, very eventful work day. We've, uh, we're getting geared up for the holidays. Um, the, the company I work for does ratings and reviews software for um, some big, big retailers. And so the holidays are a very exciting and stressful time for us. So today was no exception. <laughs> Yeah, and it only probably gets worse as the season oh, goes yes, on. Yes, yes. We're, we're about two weeks away from the big day, so uh, then I'll be very glad to take a little break after after Black Friday is over. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Those two <laughs> words just put dread into my heart. Very, very. It's kind of funny living in Germany because there isn't the progression of holidays that lets you know, um, that sort of builds up to Christmas the way right. there is in the States. like. Um, there isn't Halloween and then there isn't Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. And (laughs) then Christmas just is sort of, it just shows up. Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that. Um, you know, uh, just as if I were in the States, of course, there's Christmas stuff all over the stores here already. Oh, (laughs) it's not for a couple months. Yeah. They've learned well. Well, as soon as I start seeing that, I mean, we started thinking about this back in June, no kidding at work, we start talking about the holidays. And so that's a, that's a whole other level of preparation, but thankfully no Christmas decorations around the office yet. Okay. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um, so tell me about the office. You are in, uh, Durham? Is that it? No. no. Oh, see, I got to update my bio. Oh. And this is this whole internet thing is crazy because you have no idea where I am. <laughs> yeah, uh, actually, no we moved We moved to Austin, which is where uh, Bizarre Voice is located. We moved there uh, in March of this year. 
And so we just we just bought a house. We're moving in January into the house, so we'll finally be really and truly settled in in a few more weeks. Wow, that's fantastic! Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Um, everything that I've heard about Austin makes it sound awesome. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's very it's very good. I haven't actually lived here during South by or anything, so we'll see what I think after I live here through South by. But, <laughs> Well, that's uh, only like one week of the year. Or three, you know. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, it kind of goes on for a while. But yeah, Austin's great. And I really, it was really important to me to, you know, I've been working remotely for years. I took the job with Bizarre Voice and continued to work remotely. And, you know, once once we had our son, it was suddenly really important to not have to travel here all the time Mm, Uh, and to be able to go home at the end of every night you know I didn't I I used to come here for about a week every six weeks and I would go home to an apartment that I rented and it was just not it was not the same as going home and like doing dinner with the boy yeah so yeah yeah, especially when you have a super little one. They're changing mm-hmm. so fast. Yes, like, so like you fast. leave for a week and then they have some new oh skill. Oh my god. And like, oh hey, he walked while you were gone. What? Right. <laughs> yeah. So Right. Oh my gosh. So um so you had already started working for Bizarre Voice before you moved? Yeah, I was working for Bizarre Voice starting in February of last year. So February of 2013, I guess, is when I started. Uh, And then, like I said, I had worked remotely for other companies for years before that and for myself before that. And um, so the whole working remotely thing wasn't a big deal. But about, gosh, four, five months after I started working at Bizarre Voice, um, we adopted Oliver. And so it was... uh, yeah, <laughs> um, that happened um, very slowly and very fast all at the same time. And then things change. Well, I definitely want to hear about that. But um, mm-hmm. why don't you tell me uh, first what your role is on the team at yeah. Bizarre Voice and like what your tech stack is? Like what, what are you doing during the day? Yeah, totally. I don't mean to be jumping right to the kid. It's just oh, like no. all the questions that you've asked are kind of like... <laughs> Very germane to that already. <laughs> um, yeah, so I I joined Bizarre Voice, like I said, in February of 2013. And um, these days I am the tech lead of a team of about 10 developers and four QA engineers who work on a client-side JavaScript application for, like I said at the beginning, for companies to display ratings and reviews on their website. So yeah. if you go on the website of some fairly big name retailers um, who I'm not going to name right now because <laughs> I'm probably not allowed to. Uh, but if you just go on some pretty big retailers that you've definitely heard of and you see stars, chances are pretty decent that they're there because of Bizarre Voice. Okay. And so, yeah, so it's kind of cool. We just, um, I'm probably like, I can give you some rough numbers. I'm not allowed to tell real ones of these either, but, um, you know, we're dealing with hundreds of millions of page views every month, um, because we're on hundreds of retailers. Um, so so just my product is on hundreds of millions of page views every month. We have several products. So our total, uh, reaches even bigger than that, but just my product is on hundreds of millions of page views every month. And that's like, just blows my mind. That's crazy. Um, so, so yeah, so it's, and it's a pretty tiny team that, um, manages the display portion of this application. Of course there's the data, there's like lots of pieces to it. Um, but 
I work on the display portion of this application. Like I make there be stars on the screen and, um, <laughs> and it's pretty cool. Cause it's also a thing that we all use. Like when you go buy something, you look at the ratings and reviews for yeah. it. Right. Yeah. Uh, and Everybody so it's <laughs> Yeah, of course. And so, um, Anyway, yeah, so I'm the technical lead of that. That means that I do a lot of thinking about kind of what we should be doing next as far as making the product um, more technically sound. (laughs) Um, Not necessarily like what new features should we build, but, you know, where are the gaps? Where are the pain points? What what makes it hard for developers to do their job um, in this product and, and making it you know, yeah, more technically sound. And, um, I'm the only, there, there are lots of women at Bizarre Voice, probably more than I've ever worked with before, but I'm the only woman on my team. Um, and, uh, the only full-time non-contractor woman on my team. And, um, I, it's kind of cool that I'm also the technical lead of it. Like that's, yeah, that's yeah, kind of neat. That's, that's awesome. Actually, I'm, I'm kind of curious and this veers from, you know, the main point of this podcast, but <laughs> becoming a, a lead, has that reduced the amount of code that you get to write because you are thinking um, about like, you know, unblocking other developers or, or that sort of thing. And, and how has it changed how you feel about your work? Oh, it's, um, the coding comes in bursts. Um, and there will be like days and days that go by where I, maybe I read a lot of code, but I don't write much of it at all. Mm. Um, and then every now and then, like actually this week I've kind of announced, I am going to go work on this problem and I'm not going to come to meetings and I'm not going (laughs) to, I'm not going to be very available, but I'm going to go work on this problem that, um, it really just does need someone to go in a dark corner for a week to, to kind of do the, do the discovery. So it's been, uh, thankfully I have a really good manager who's very, um, very aware of that potential tension, right. Um, of you could end up in a leadership role and not write code. And I've, he's been really good at understanding that writing code is still really important to me and trying to help me make room for that. Um, that's really good. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm very, very thankful for that. That that is not necessarily <laughs> that's not a thing that's necessarily true. Um, once you once you end up in a more senior position, and uh, my manager's been really really helpful with that. Very cool. All right. Well, so tell me, um, you started at this job, and a few months later, a few months boom. later, boom! There's a baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so how did that go down? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so my partner and I, um, we adopted our son and he was born on, uh, in July of, of 2013. And like I said, I started at Bizarre Boys in February of 2013. And, and when I started, we had already been pursuing the adoption path and, um, had had a couple of false starts and, and you just, I, I totally do probably like a three hour long podcast just on uh, <laughs> adoption, yeah. but not going to. Um, but uh, so you never, you don't know when you're going to match with someone. I'm using, I'm using my fingers to make air quotes right now. Um, you don't know when you're going to match with someone. It could be, you know, we had people tell us to be prepared for it to be like a year or two, mm-hmm. um, and then we got 
hooked up with this new agency that we really liked. And no kidding, like two weeks after we connected with them, they're like, hey, we have a birth mom for you. Um, oh my word that's what? so fast yeah it, like it was that was so fast but lots of like everything leading up to that was so slow and then suddenly like oh my gosh there's gonna be a baby in in like three months um so you know we didn't we didn't get the whole nine month warning about it um i think we found right. out in april and he was born in july and right. uh yeah, so that's that's kind of how that went down. <laughs> suddenly, <laughs> suddenly there was a baby. Um, and, uh, oh, man, so many things that I could say. We actually, um, we he was born in Colorado, and so we went to Colorado and waited for him to be born. Um, oh, wow. And- <laughs> so, so, like, how... Um- how did you decide when to show up in Colorado? Uh, well, I was like, I was a basket case. And so I, I wanted to be there like super early. And of course, then he was born a week late. And Aww. so we were just hemorrhaging money while we we're staying in this hotel room in downtown Colorado, waiting to get a phone call. Um, <clears throat> so we were, we were actually in Colorado for, for a long time. Um, but, you know, by the time I actually went home, I think we were there three weeks or so. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, while, while we were waiting to get the phone call, I was still sort of working. Yeah. But, right. You know, like as that, much as you could. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you're, and you never know, like you get the phone call and it's time to, I mean, this, in this way, it was very much like, um, you know, having our own pregnancy because you don't know when it's going to be time and then it's time and then you go. Yeah. Um, but you know, work was, well, work didn't, I was already working remotely. So if I was doing it from Colorado, they didn't care. Like, uh, yeah. Good you know, <laughs> so, and they obviously understood that I was a little bit less focused than normal, um, yeah. in that time. So yeah. And then there was a baby. Wow. <laughs> so, um, so did the baby come back with you then at the end of those three weeks? Yeah. So we had to wait, um, there's like all this paperwork with domestic adoptions, interstate domestic adoptions, where they, it's like it's like they've never heard of the internet. I'm not <laughs> even sure they've heard of fax machines. Like I think they might be FedExing things back and forth to each other. <laughs> oh my god! And um, and so of course they can't do any of this paperwork until there's a physical baby. You couldn't mm. possibly do it before then. And no. <laughs> and. <laughs> So once there's an actual baby that you're in a hotel room with in Colorado, then Colorado and North Carolina had to agree that we weren't going to kidnap the baby. Ah. Um, and that took about seven days okay. for them to decide that, no, we weren't going to kidnap him. We were allowed to take him across state lines. Um, so, yeah, it was about another week, a week or so after he was born that we were allowed to go home. Okay. Yeah, wow. and then he came with us. <laughs> so yeah. he had his he had his first plane ride when he was about ten days old, seven days, seven ten days old. Oh my! Goodness. Oh my goodness! <laughs> wow, yeah. I can't imagine. I when when my son was uh, like uh, three months old, I guess it was it was Christmas time, and we had these big debates about whether we would fly and visit the the relatives yep. for. Christmas and I put my foot down that I would not <laughs> too early and too stressful for me. And I was not going to do it. And here you are with this 10 day old baby. Yeah. Wow. And like, we don't know what we're doing. 
Right. Yeah. It's actually, it's, I think we're about to fly with him for Christmas, you know, this year. And, um, I wish that he would be as still and small and sleep all the time. Like he did. Because <laughs> now it's a whole different game to, to take him on an airplane. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Amuse the toddler game. <laughs> yeah. Post-it notes. Post-it notes on the airplane window. He played that game for like 30 minutes. Wow. That's a really good one. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, oh, you put them up, he takes them down. You put them up, he takes, it's just over and over and over and over again. Um, yeah. Super good. Wow. I, I should call you the next time I have to do a transatlantic flight with my kid. I'll be like, do you have another nine hours of games I can play? No, we haven't, we haven't uh, tried that one yet. We've just stuck to the domestic Yeah, you, you can put that off. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So you arrived back home and then... Um, did you get to take some time off? I did. Um, it was, oh, it was also weird. Um, normally when you have a baby yourself, you need some time to recover, right? Yep. Yep. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And we didn't. So, and, and we also had like perfect angel baby who was sleeping awesome from the very beginning and oh, you're going to say, I know like <laughs> everyone's going to hate me. So, so we're, we're like physically fine and we have perfect angel baby who's sleeping all the time and babies like newborn babies, like they don't do that much. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, well, trick, true. I mean, it, it, it depends on the baby. Some of them do a lot of screaming. <laughs> no, ours did not. Ours was like, like he was fun and you could hang out with him for like those 30 minute windows before he needs another nap. Right. Um, but so it was weird and, and I, I feel weird about it and like struggling, to, not struggling, but like struggling to put this in the right way. So I don't sound like a delinquent parent. Um, but you know, those, those first few weeks were like really oddly easy. And so yeah. I was, yeah. I, I was terrified and like, oh, I was so, I was so sure that it was going to be so awful. And like, what are we getting into? And this is like, it's going to be horrible for the whole first year. He's just going to never stop screaming. Um, and it wasn't like that at all. <laughs> and so my, my work was really, they, they, they're so good. They were just like, take whatever time you need. It's all paid. Now we didn't, we weren't talking about like months and months and months, but Mm -hmm. I think I, I think I took about six weeks where, um, my availability was somewhere between zero and unknown. Uh, (laughs) Um, like you couldn't count on me on any given day, but if there was something like particularly interesting that I wanted to dial into, then I might, Mm um, kind of thing. Um, and, and so, yeah, I was like, work was so flexible. I can't, I have nothing. And it was so flexible. And I felt like it was really easy because we had this really easy baby. My partner took off. Um, I think when it was all said and done, she took off about five months. So she was full-time home with him. I was home all the time too. And so if I needed to go, even when I went fully back to work if she needed to run out or if she needed help because he had like a diaper explosion. Um, I was always there. And, and so it was, 
Like I can't, I can't really say like, this is the day that I went back to work or this is how long I had off because it was so flexible and so like ridiculously easy. I'm, I'm I feel like, I feel awful. It, so- it sounds dreamy to me. I mean, um, you know, hearing you talk about it, it just sounds, it sounds like the ideal of how leave should be that you figure out what kind of leave it is you need when you're in the situation that you can assess. Yeah. And I feel like if he had been really hard and I really needed to have those six weeks off, that would have been fine too. And, uh, and, and I've been really grateful that, you know, one of the things I like about working for what I call a grown up company is that (laughs) Every not everyone, but so many people here have families, and people really understand that work is not the be all and end all, and that sometimes you have to leave at two o'clock because your kid has a like thing at school, or sometimes you just take Monday off so you can go to the park. Like it's it's yeah. it's not um, Bizarre Race is kind of in it for the long haul with yeah. the people who work for them, and they don't they don't get too hung up on like, are you in your chair at your desk at three Oh two on a Tuesday? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's really good. Yeah. 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 I'm sure there will be a lot of people listening who are are like, yeah, they've already, they've already hit stop. They stopped listening. They're like, I can't stand her. (laughs) Um, cool. Well, I should take a break, uh, to, Uh, read a little message from our sponsor, GitHub. So the fastest and most flexible version of GitHub Enterprises here. What's more, it's now available on Amazon Web Services. New features make it easier for you and your team to take on code review, project management, and software deployment, all with the added benefit of AWS support, online backups, and high availability. Spin up an instant, scale storage, and run backups quickly and efficiently, all while meeting the compliance and governance standards set by your industry. If you'd like to use GitHub Enterprise on AWS, check out enterprise.github.com for information on getting started. So, all right. So after after those six weeks, um, how, how long did you say that your partner took off? She took off... Um... I have the number five months in mind, but I don't remember if that was also some of the lead up time counted okay. in that. So it was four to five months that she was home, home. Okay. With him. So then after, uh, she went back and, and you were working full time again, where did your son go? So our son, so this is, we're still in North Carolina at this point, And, and my partner went back to work, um, part time. I think she was working. I don't even remember. This is like distant memory at this point. Um, she was working part-time. I, I want to say she was working like three days a week or something like that. And so she went to, uh, Oliver went to a child care that was right in, uh, right near where Melissa worked. Uh, she could go over there and check in on him. And, and that was great. And, um, you know, I was raised by a stay at home mom and my mm-hmm. mom stayed at home until my brother w- went to kindergarten, at which point I was 13 Um, and so I always had in mind that, that, that was right and good (laughs) and everyone should do that. And like, I I am eternally like grateful to my mom for doing that. 
on on the other hand, I I like I felt bad that we couldn't do that, and then I saw how much Oliver was just like thriving at school. We call it yeah. school. That's kind yeah. of a you know, <laughs> childcare is too many syllables, so we just call it school. Yeah, um, and and he. He really benefited so much from that socialization. And then when we moved, we moved to Austin. We took him out of childcare. He was at home with uh, with a kind of a nanny, temporary nanny sort of situation. And um, it was just different. And then we put him back in school, and he's like a whole new happy baby again. Like he really, <laughs> really, I think gets so much out of that, out of that socialization. So anyway, he went, he went to school Melissa worked part-time. And so she was still home with him a couple days a week. And, uh, I was still working from home the whole time, but my travel kind of picked back up. Um, once, okay. you know, once we got our sea legs as it were, <laughs> once we <laughs> understood so, this thing. Um, so you're no longer having to travel to the company, but traveling for, to visit clients or to go to conferences or. So I, I did, before we moved here, I was still coming to Bizarre Voice, um, every few weeks to, mm-hmm. to just be on site and be with the team. And I was also going to conferences and I guess that was really it, um, work and conferences. Um, and like, I, I kept up a, I didn't really do many conferences last fall, but I kept up a pretty decent clip in the spring of this year. Um, and in the fall of this year, nothing like I've done in the past, but still a pretty, pretty healthy, um, number of conferences. Um, yeah. So, so how do you manage that? Do you find it, um, has it been hard to, to leave him? Do you, uh, has it changed the way that you travel? It's anyway? definitely changed the way I travel. Like it, it used to be, I would travel for the sake of travel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I would, I would travel like, Ooh, I can get more miles. Um, <laughs> and now I also used to, you know, stay an extra night if it was in a cool city. Yeah. And I did that just, just a few weeks ago, I was in New Orleans for a conference. I was like, Oh, I've never been to New Orleans. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay an extra night and like enjoy New Orleans. And that day I ended up just walking around like, yeah, (laughs) like I, this isn't where I want to be. I wanted to be here when I was 25, but I don't want to be here now. I would rather, I wish I was home. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's been a really interesting thing to kind of navigate because it's, I really, being independent and being um, able to go away and being able to go see new places. And I have so many friends who I only ever see at conferences. Yeah. Like all of that, that is, is a cool thing about Yeah. Conferences. It's like all of that's important, but it, it's a thing that I'm still trying to figure out how to how to balance. And um, you know, I was talking to I, you. You had a guest, Jen Myers, on um, recently, and yeah. I was talking to her about this quite. So I think I we didn't even have Oliver yet when I was talking to her about this. And um, you know, she made the point that it's so important for your kids to see, especially for for kids to see like me as a woman going out and having people listen to me and having yeah. people like, and, and get to see me being an, and you know, again, air quotes, important person in, 
in, yeah. in at a conference or in technology or whatever. And so that really re- it made me feel less bad. Like I don't feel bad about it. I just wish I could have both. That's that's I wish I could like have him with me or or be able to like go speak at a conference and be home for dinner. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right? I I totally get that. Um, I, I travel quite a bit for conferences too, although I'm in kind of the, the reverse scenario, which is I'm, I'm, I can't work here in Germany officially. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, like most of my life feels like stay at home mom, mm-hmm. <laughs> even though I have uh, projects that I do for people. But, um, and then when I go to a conference, I feel like it feels so refreshing for me. Like it's my, my work yeah. and I, I almost feel guilty that I, I am enjoying it so much that it's a, a vacation from being a mom all the time mm-hmm. to getting to be a career. Woman. Right. right. <laughs> um, it's, it's funny. I, I, over the summer I was feeling a little burnout from work. And so, uh, I decided to take a two week vacation, which I haven't done like since Ooh. I was much, much, much younger. Um, so I said I was going to take a two week vacation. I went on, and I went on vacation by myself. Um, and like didn't bring my partner, didn't bring Oliver and, uh, which is really cool. Thank God my partner is cool. And, uh, <laughs> let yeah. me do that. Oh my goodness. But then I had also booked all of these conferences in the fall and I sort of, I think I booked them because I wanted to get away and then I had that vacation and then I didn't need like, the, <laughs> oh. then I was. <laughs> And I didn't so much feel the need to go to those conferences, but I had already booked them, and so of course I had to go. Um, so oh. lesson: uh, take a vacation <laughs> or book conferences, one or the other. Uh, yeah, maybe not, not it's, both. It's true; you do have to book them far in advance. Yeah, and um, yeah, sometimes by the time they roll around, you're like, really, really? <laughs> really I thought it was a good idea to do three conferences in September. Really? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, all right. So, um, so tell me about returning to work then, which it sounds like for you was kind of a gradual thing. It wasn't a one day you suddenly had to drop your kid at daycare and, and, you know, be away. Um, you worked from home, so your kid was around. (laughs) Yeah. Um, it was super gradual. And like I, like I said, I can't really point to like, this is the day that I went back. Um, now my partner can absolutely point to this is the day I went back and this is the day that I dropped him in childcare. And my, my transition was so much more gradual than, than hers was as far as that goes. Um, and there were, you know, I, I came back to a team where I'm trying I can't remember. I'm trying to remember who all was on the team at the time to be able to say like who had kids and who didn't have kids, but I was not the only person with kids on the team and certainly not the only person with kids at the company. And so it wasn't, um, it was like really unremarkable. I can't, I, I think that the, the thing that has been, um, much more remarkable was actually moving here and trying to figure out how to be physically present in the office and have a kid. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Because, you know, when you work from home, that line between when I'm feeding him breakfast and when I start work, it's pretty blurry. Yeah. Like you can, you can 
not exactly do both, but but to switch between one and the other, there's like very very low cost to switch between those two. <laughs> yeah. Um, but now, like, I have to get up, get him breakfast, get his lunch packed, and and my partner absolutely helps a lot with all of that. <laughs> so I don't want to sound like I have to do all this <laughs> stuff. Um, I have to get up. I have to do do those things. Get him ready, and then go to work, and. I don't, if I forgot to eat breakfast myself, then like, that's a hard, that's a hard thing to fix (laughs) once you, (laughs) once you go to work. Um, just simple stuff like that, where it's like, I really have to have my act together when I leave the house now in a way that I just didn't when I was working, (laughs) working from home and having a kid in the mix. Um, and do you, yeah. how long is your commute? It's about depends, like twenty to thirty minutes. Okay. Um, so, and our office is presently kind of in this place where I'm sure that I could get breakfast at the restaurant across the street, but I'm not sure I want to. <laughs> um, so we're in this weird part of town where there just aren't a lot of places to go. Um, and so, you know, sometimes you end up eating the trail mix in the kitchen. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's, it's not a bad commute or anything, but just that whole having to have your acts together and make sure that you're sending your kid to school with like, not just a bunch of carbs, um, in his lunchbox. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a lot more to think about in the morning. So yeah, the biggest transition has been transitioning from work from home to, to actually leaving and doing that with a kid. Cause last time I did that, I was, I definitely did not have a kid the last time I had to go to work every day. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And, and so how do you and your partner split it up? Like if uh, you get called in the middle of the day because he's sick um, so we've, we have kind of, um, because I'm 20 to 30 minutes away and because she actually works from home now and we moved to Austin, she kept her job in North Carolina, but now uh, she works from home. And so she's much closer to his childcare and, um, and we've kind of just, we have We've talked about because sometimes I feel bad, like, oh, you take him to school every day. And, like, I could do that, but it's kind of out of my way to yeah. do that. But I could do that. Um, but it's kind of out of my way. <laughs> and she's kind of said, you know, I, I am intentionally choosing to work part-time and to be, like, to be the mom who goes and gets him when he's sick and to mm-hmm. be the mom who takes him to and from childcare, especially because I don't have a commute. That is my commute. Um, so it's a thing that we've tried. I think we've tried hard to talk about, um, yeah. and to just be upfront, like this feels weird. And I feel like maybe I'm not doing enough or the right things or whatever. Um, but also kind of saying like, we do value having a parent in the household who can be on call and she's kind of structuring her work so that she can be that parent. On the other hand, yesterday we have a sitter who comes a couple days a week in the afternoons. Um, the sitter couldn't come yesterday. Melissa, my partner had been planning on actually doing some work 
in the afternoon when the sitter was supposed to be there. And so she said, Hey, can you come home? And I said, yep. As soon as this meeting's over, I'll be there. So, you know, we, oh, that's great. we both have really flexible work, except on the rare occasions where it's like, no, really, this is a thing that you have to be at, but that's, that's pretty rare. That's cool. Yeah. This, um, uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm processing it all through my own life. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, because I, I fell into that role when we moved abroad and I couldn't work and my husband mm-hmm. had a full-time job of like being the one with all of the flexibility, which meant doing more of the childcare and it's something that we've had to talk about a lot in my relationship too. Um, so it's just interesting hearing hearing you uh, articulate it. Yeah, and I, Melissa's also had to remind me that like on the afternoons that she doesn't work, and she's with Oliver, like that is not her time. That is. And and she's had to a few times remind me that that's, that's not time off. And I know, I know this, I know it, but um, sometimes she does very well to remind me that that's not her time. (laughs) That's, that's his time. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Um, And in a way, those days can be a little bit harder because if she has in the back of her mind, like if she's Uh. mulling over some problem (laughs) and she just can't, you know, sit down and actually get to solving the problem, that can make it a really long day. Yeah, Um, I can't. I, I applaud and admire her for being able to do that. That would be very, 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 very hard for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, for example, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going through this myself right now. Tomorrow morning, I have to take my kid to get allergy tests, mm-hmm. which is going to be super stressful, right? Because it's like um, pricks. Poking you a million times, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, and then his, his kindergarten closes early for a staff meeting tomorrow. So it's just going to be this day where I'm with him all day. And mm-hmm. I know that we'll have a fun day. I will create a fun day for him because it's much easier for me to be around him when he's having fun uh-huh. than when he's not. Um, but it won't necessarily be a fun day for me. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, that's, um, it is, oh, just the, the way that you kind of change how you think about your day and how you think about your weekend and how you think about like, I'm going to go to this festival that I never in a million years would go to on my own, but like, he's going to see chickens and won't that be awesome? Yeah. yeah the, the way that you think about things is just very different. Yeah. A totally different lens. Yeah. So have there been, um, phases like development wise that have been harder or easier for you to, to deal with in terms of like, you know, your own sleeplessness or, um, I don't know, was teething hard or, uh, so, or... so, okay. So everyone who didn't already hate me, um, will now, <laughs> um, our son sleeps about 13 hours a night. Oh my word. He, sometimes we have to go in and get him because it's time to get up. Um, oh my gosh. He clearly has molars coming in because we can see them, but hasn't given any indication that there's anything wrong with that. Wow. 
Um, we, you have a super baby. <laughs> we have a super baby. He did have um, one one terrible evening of like the nonstop vomiting where you change the bed sheets like five times. That happened. Uh. That sucked. I would say the hardest. Um, so anyway, we have a perfect baby, and um, but the hardest the hardest developmental thing has been um, eating. Um, Mm. he's so like two nights ago, he was eating peas, like as fast as he could shove them into his mouth. Oh. Um, and then today you give him peas and he's like, what is this terrible thing? (laughs) And there's nothing different about, they're like the same peas. Um, so I, I really like food. I like cooking and I really, another thing that my mom was so good at was making sure that we had healthy food choices. Um, yeah, that's like, yeah, it's a, it's a big deal. And, and so I, like, I really like food and I like healthy food and I like balanced meals. And so that's been a hard thing. Like that whole thing where kids won't eat their vegetables is totally a thing. Yep. And I don't, I don't know how to deal with it. <laughs> so. It's tough. Yeah. It's tough. We, we have gone, I mean, my kid's six now and we have gone through, um, phases of it. And fortunately it seems like for him, at least, um, things move in and out of vogue. It's just like fashion or something. Um, carrots are in the season or they're not. <laughs> Um, right now he's against broccoli trees, but there was a whole phase where he was like four and we pretended we were giants eating teeny tiny trees and it was <laughs> awesome. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, you just have to weather those things and yeah. So, so far that's, that's been my only, my only like, oh, why you're perfect in all these other ways. Why can't you also eat broccoli? <laughs> then, then you'd be a miracle baby. Um, but okay, no, well, you know what? I, I think I'm happy to hear that he has one fall. One fall. <laughs> Is that mean? One fall. <laughs> just, uh, yeah, otherwise, yeah, we'd all have to hate you. Pretty much. Pretty much. No, he's he's a good boy. He's, he's a ridiculously good boy. So have you had to develop any special, like, tricks or, or techniques to uh, to manage your life as a parent? Or... Uh, or has, I mean, it just kind of like he fits into it seamlessly, and you just go about being you. Yeah, so so far, I mean, we're definitely waiting for the other shoe to drop because you know, he's 16 months old. Um, he's definitely becoming more willful mm-hmm. and much more mobile, and we're starting to have those moments where you turn around and he's standing on co- on top of the coffee table. Like looking like he's about to jump, um, which would probably be fine, but maybe not. And, you know, so, so he's still, he still seems very manageable. And I, I feel like what, what's really going to get us is just how incredibly physical he is, like how incredibly active he is. He's been Mm. climbing all over everything for way too long already. And, Mm. um, so that'll be interesting as he gets more and more capable to see what kind of trouble he can he can get into with that. But I think the the main thing I don't know, it was really even when he was being perfect, like the those first few months where life happened in like ninety minute increments. 
That was really hard. Yeah. That was that was really hard to just very socially isolating, and I, it had to be really okay to just spend time together as a family because yeah. n- not really anyone else could spend time with you in unpredictable 90-minute increments. <laughs> like, yes. um, so that was, that was hard, but I, I, it was over before I learned how to cope with it. <laughs> um, oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, you know, now he's down to one nap a day, and, and so we can have a pretty normal, pretty normal time. But I think the other thing is, like, some days he's in a bad mood and some days like, and you don't know why, cause he can't tell you yet. And, um, maybe it's teething, but like some days he's just kind of a shit. Um, and not necessarily like, I don't think he's in pain. I think he's just like not having a good day and yeah. just, just remembering like he can't communicate. His brain doesn't really entirely work yet. Um, Mm. and, and like, he can't reason or rationalize about anything that's happening to him. And like, he doesn't even necessarily remember this morning (laughs) and just kind of trying to always remember that the way that he is experiencing things is like, we cannot understand how he's experiencing things. Um, and that, that just, that blows my mind mostly but also is a thing that I have to kind of keep in mind um, on on the good days and the bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, uh, in my own life, um, with my six-year-old, like he was, um, he was, he's been telling us that he's scared of the dark and mm-hmm. making a, a huge deal of it. And, um, and I looked it up on the internet as we do as modern parents <laughs> yes, and like like I, I read um that actually at his age it's really hard to differentiate fantasy from reality mm-hmm. it's like oh right if you remember that like you can have a little more compassion for for dealing with like he he really doesn't know maybe there's scary stuff gonna maybe happen. they're right like he yeah and and being rational is not like a skill that you really have at, at that age. Right. It's, it's a long time before you do. So yeah, that's, that's a fun and really challenging part of, of this whole parenting thing is just trying to put yourself in their shoes. And yet you can't because our brains don't work that way anymore. Yeah. Super interesting. All right. Well, um, my last questions for you are, um, if you have any advice you would give to expectant parents, if you could go back and and give advice to yourself (laughs) as an expectant adoptive parent, Uh um, you know, is there anything you wish, wish you had known back then? Oh, I don't know if this is relevant advice to anyone but me, but (laughs) I, in that week before Oliver was born, you know, we're, we're in Denver and like going out to dinner every night because we're staying in a hotel room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I don't think there was a single meal that week where I didn't like break down crying because mm-hmm. I was so just terrified of what was what what was about to happen. All the uncertainty of it just was was really really hard. Um, you can only imagine. And like. 
it all it all worked out and you get through it and you like you have I remember my friend Julie saying this to me like you have more ability to cope than you can even imagine mm. like you if you've never done you cannot even comprehend what you can do and what you can get through um yeah and so like that's i mean like if it's hard and also like you do get a rhythm and it all we were really lucky and we got into a rhythm really early but like getting that (laughs) terrified of it ahead of time was not um i wish i hadn't been i i wish that i could have been more excited and like apprehensive but but not breaking down at every meal (laughs) it sounds really hard but in a way it also sounds like you dealt with some of the the transition before he got yeah. there so that yeah. you know when he got there you could be present with that like you'd worked through some yeah and i on, on the on the like career and and all of that side of things the less like <laughs> don't sit at a fancy restaurant and cry in your napkin <laughs> um uh, on the on the career side of things like and that this this that it doesn't really have anything to do with whether you have a baby or not. Um, ask for what you need and do your best to be in a position to tell your company, tell your company what you need and what they will give you. And mm. if they won't give it to you, like think hard about whether that's a place you want to be. I've been so lucky, especially with, like, I know JavaScript. I can go get a job, like, anywhere tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I've been really lucky with that, and so I don't want to sound naive and say, like, you too should be able to get a job anywhere tomorrow. Um, I think often we don't realize that we could go get a job anywhere tomorrow. We don't realize Mm. that we are valuable humans with useful skills and we are in a position to to say what we need as 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 women in technology like much more so than women in lots and lots and lots of other fields we are um in demand in a position to say what it is we need i was very lucky that i didn't have to make any demands i'm lucky that i work at a company that realizes that like i didn't have to make any demands because they get it already Um, but just ask for, stand up for what you need and ask for what you need and, and, um, yeah, value yourself and value, value what you contribute. I think that's really great advice. Um, (laughs) especially, you know, not only in a self-serving way, but, um, but we are, we're kind of a small group of of women Mm -hmm. in tech right now. Right. And if, if we ask for what we need then we set up our industry to be, uh, you know, the, the type of industry we want for the women who come along later. And if we don't do that work and we just say, oh, no, we'll take whatever mm-hmm. pittance you give us, um, then I think we do a disservice to to everyone who comes after. I, like, we have a young industry and we have a chance to shape to- it. To shape the norms. And I, I like, it's funny you say that. I was working at another company before um, before I started at Bizarre Voice. And 
we started the adoption process when I was working at that company. And I did, I went to them and I said, how is this going to work? Um, I'm not going to tell you what your maternity policy, what your parental leave policy should be, but I do want you to have one. Yeah. And so please like, let's talk about it. Let's write it down. Let's discuss like what's reasonable and you're a small company. And so I don't expect you to say, yeah, take six months off. But like, so I did, I actually did that. I actually did like that company has a policy written down now about this is how it will work. And I think that it's, it's okay to ask for that and to, to ask. And and sometimes the companies, especially with smaller companies, um, not that company, but sometimes other smaller companies are, they're just naive about this or it's just never come up. And you do kind of as a, as a woman, um, possibly the first woman, possibly the first woman who's uh, like having babies, um, Mm -hmm. You don't have an obligation, but you can do a lot of good for like the people who come behind you, like you just said. Yeah. And it's kind of, I mean, I get that it's kind of a bummer. It's kind of a, like women in technology have to have these two jobs, one of being the developer and one of being the <laughs> A woman, the woman in technology. And like setting, setting that stuff up. But if we don't do it, who will? I, I mean, I would also encourage that guys, when they have kids, should yeah. also be having yes. these very same <laughs> conversations about, like, here's the kind of time I want off. Um, but if they haven't done that at our companies, we need to do it. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people need yeah. to do it. And it's okay to yeah. ask about. And God knows there's enough money in technology that people can probably afford for us to be to disappear for a few weeks. And if you can't, like... Well, that's a whole other topic. If your company can't afford for you to be gone, then yeah, like yeah, that's that's a whole other topic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it is. It has been so refreshing to hear about your super positive experience overall. <laughs> like easy baby, easy company. Um, I think yeah, I have a lot of envy to work through after this episode. Thank you so much for um, for taking the time to talk about your experience. Oh, it's been great. I I really appreciate you asking. Yeah, I'm really happy you could. That wraps up this episode of Motherboard. Thanks again to our sponsor, GitHub, for supporting parents in tech. To sponsor or support the show, visit motherboardpodcast.com slash support. This show is released under a Creative Commons license. Learn more at motherboardpodcast.com slash about. Last but not least, all views expressed on the podcast are individual opinions and not representative of any company. Thanks for listening. Best wishes for a happy work life and happy parenting.